No man is poor who can do what he likes to do once in a while. And I like to dive around in my money like a porpoise and burrow through it like a gopher and toss it up and let it hit me on the head. Hello and welcome to episode 343 of Under the Call of MS, a normal Thursday episode, a little bit of comics, a little bit of MS, a little bit of whatever. That was a little Uncle Scrooge quote there. If you couldn't figure out who likes to play with their money. And we're going to start off with a pile of comics. Some more from the little bargain 30 packs that I bought of comedy and horror comics. I think there's only like one horror one in here. The rest are mostly all comedy this time around. Starting out with Sergio Aragon's. Drew the Wanderer, number 68 from Marvel Comics. This one basically played off uh, the fool, the, the character that entertains the kings. Uh, he's going around town to town, making up songs as he goes, singing about things that are happening and his story basically talks about grew with a dragon and this giant evil dragon terrorizing towns and then this other interesting character with a really big chin that is going to protect protect the town from this dangerous uh dragon that just happens to like to dance and sing and prance around and so he gets humiliated Uh, a witch does some things to turn the dragon more evil and attack the town and all kinds of stuff happens and grew ends up doing things with the town and just a lot of fun and your standard grew grew goofiness of the poor warrior wandering with his dog just trying to live life and fill his belly once in a while and helps people out or attacks people depending on what his mood is and there's a little bonks adventure in here also this little caveman character that likes to break through walls of his head, which is not a smart thing to do, kids. You're going to concuss yourself and hurt yourself, but you get that little bonus in here and some other little things that are enjoyable throughout the storyline, but I was very happy reading that. I haven't read Gru probably in 30 years, but this was a lot of Nice little bring back, little fun callback to something that fits in the Sunday comic form, but is a comic book that. And then we also checked out Sergio Aragon's Grew the Wanderer number 72. This one's from December 1990. 
from Marvel Comics. And in this one, there's a shaman-type character that's trying to tell the town that evil is coming and he's trying to save them. But he's also trying to swindle them out of money by trying to give them protection that they may or may not need. And Gru the Wanderer just happens along the town and all kinds of things happen where he starts out terrorizing the town and ends up doing things that help out the town and ends up being glorified by the town and this poor shaman characters just like everything he does goes upside down on him and it's just a fun interesting thing and then you get bonuses like grooms which are a little uh back in the old day before emails were and you could contact the artists and writers and send them messages letters just another fun little bonus section. But yeah, I was happy with the Gru the Wanderer comics. Then we checked out Terry Moore Paradise 2, number 9. This one, I didn't think I liked the Paradise storylines. But uh, I figured I'd check it out. And it's got a little fairy story of a little fairy that kind of hides in a mirror and can jump back and forth to fairyland she goes through the mirror and then she can hide and see things and she gets messed with with by a cat their their house cat and throughout the story and it's lots of fun and then we get a little story about some antarctic characters a polar bear and another character that are just talking to each other and there's a ship offshore that decides that they're enemies so the ship tries to attack them and you get to see what happens there's a story about a girl that's all frustrated because she's got a weird balloon clown at her party you get to see that you get a little bit uh oh yeah my <laughs> it's like they do oh yeah my career in television or this came out prior to oh yeah <laughs> but uh but you get a few pages that are kind of like those mad magazine pages where they do the little newspaper clips and all that stuff going on in there and then we get another story with a businessman helping some people along the way and another story where It's kind of panels, again, like Mad Magazine. Just comedy panels, talking about different things and then putting pictures to it to give it a different depiction of what the meaning could be. Just lots of fun. And then I'm looking... For a minute there, I thought the last page was just like the back page of the Mad Comics because they got the arrow going to the left and the right. It says Opposite Forces but it's the actual comic book that they're talking about in a Hubie comic book. But for a minute there, I thought I could fold it up and make myself an extra special picture. 
like you can with the mad magazines, but yeah, I was happy with this. I did not think I'd like it at all from what I remember looking at paradise before, but paradise comics, but that wasn't too bad. I definitely read more of those. I like how you get a little variety of things and then talking about, oh yeah, comics. We have Tiny Titans, number eight, from DC Comics, by Franco and Balthazar. This one is called Report Card Pickup, which I don't really remember much anything about a report card. I love how they do the play on uh, Wonder Woman with her invisible jet. Instead, she's a little kid, Wonder Woman, but she's got her invisible invisible tricycle that the little robin character trips over uh in the beginning but yeah i guess i didn't didn't realize that the teacher was actually holding a report card in in his hand so their teacher is the tiny titans teacher's deathstroke and he's Dealing with each kid and their parents, like Little Flash and Kid Flash and his parents and Robin and Barbara and Batman comes in with them to school. And Wonder Girl brings Wonder Woman to school. Aqualad has Aquaman with them to represent them. Supergirl has Superman so on. But uh, Deathstroke's their teacher. Well, their principal, actually, it says. Well, Principal Slade is his actual name. But, uh, you'd see them dealing with their principal, and you'd see all the different characters and the characters changing some things with the characters. Now we get another story with called The Jokes on You with Alfred, dealing with some of the Tiny Toons characters. And that's a fun little storyline. And then we get a birthday party that they go to later on in the story. And so happens to be a clown there that has the same colors as the Joker. So the Robin character is obsessed with that clown. And it's just the standard goofy. I uh, comics fun and get a little uh, Lake one story where they go into the ocean deal with Aqualad and a bunch of things happening. You get a little puzzle thing in the back. You get bonus pin up. And it's these are always definitely worth a good family friendly style comic. I mean the cover price for this is two twenty five. I mean two bucks for a comic that's gonna entertain children of all ages. And be a great great nighttime story, bedtime story reader that's nice and quick. And then we also got Tiny Titans number 15 from DC Comics. This one's called Bunnies, Bunnies, Everywhere Bunnies. Uh, and in this one, we're dealing with uh, the Oh Yeah Pet Club. Alfred's got a deal... Got to take care of the tiny tunes with the 
or the tiny tight. I keep saying tiny tunes, don't I? <laughs> he has to deal with the tiny titans and all their tiny pets. And so yeah, all the different super pets throughout here with all their super characters and we get a little magic show that just happens along the way and between the super monkey and stuff accidentally getting his hands on the one character's uh, magic hat and wand and rabbit jumps in the hat and all of a sudden kablooey rabbits explode everywhere and you get to see how they deal with all that and then we get a tiny titan's little tv uh, babysitter club style storyline also with some pretty hot nachos along the way uh we fall back to an epilogue going back to the bunny story we get a pet club mam mammal travel game in here and another bonus pinup a super friend super stumper that you can check out a little teaser for that and it's just you can't go wrong with all yeah comics and i don't i have not seen a thing that value wise uh story wise everything so much fun i love it all <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely own everything I have by well <laughs> as long as I can get my hands on it there are a few things I can't get my hands on that's outrageously priced that I hope they do reprints of but yeah it's just stuff I like like to have extras of like to hand out to people that are new to comics and stuff like that that i could maybe get into a nice little comic storyline get them sucked into watching com or reading watching reading comics but then next up this one did come from the horror pack this is the walking dead deluxe edition by Image and Skybound Comics. This is number six. This is where we got Rick and uh, Shane kind of dealing with an incident that just happened and uh, people bury someone that they lost and Shane and Rick end up getting into a little fight throughout this and Coral ends up <laughs> part of this whole storyline and the fight and it's pretty pretty close to what the TV what was happening in the TV line back then it's like I'm relatively new to the Walking Dead comics I read a couple key issues back in the day but other than that, it was just a TV show that I watched until it became too ri ridiculously human-related and there wasn't much zombie things even happening anymore. I just got burnt out and bored with it. Went into the, what is it, the other Walking Dead movie, which 
their storyline series that they had going. I can't even think of it. Fear the Walking Dead, it was called. I watched that one pretty much to where it's left off. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do any more of it or not, but it was finally starting to cross over with the regular Walking Dead when I was when I finished with it. But then in the back of this, you got letter hacks, which is a bunch of letters from fans. You get the cutting room floor where you get to see how they laid out this comic and things that they did and little storylines. You get some awesome uh, full page images in the back that I am assuming were different covers. Which I really wish I would have got one of those instead of the one that I did get. But it is a nice cardstock cover, which is nice. But but yeah, and it is a key image from the storyline. Whereas the images on the rest of the covers are things that really don't have anything to do with the story that this book is about. But definitely beautiful looking covers. But... Yeah, check that out. That's the deluxe edition of The Walking Dead, number six. So it's like I'm glad I didn't get into the original run, other than value wise with some of the issues. And not getting that last issue kind of bummed me out because I actually was going to buy a couple issues around that period. And I, of course, they played the thing where they didn't tell you it was going to be the final issue. Now all of a sudden, bam, it's done. Then you can't touch the damn thing without spending a bunch of money on it. Next up, we got Walt, Walt Disney's Uncle Scrooge from Gladstone Comics. This is number 228. Uh, this story, we get to see a buggy race that Uncle Scrooge decides he should get himself in on. And he's like, oh, I can get one of these slow buggies, and they're expensive old-timer buggies, but he has one sitting in, just happens to have one sitting in one of his buildings that he's bought in the past, and you get to see what happens with that. We get the Beagle Boys have a little story in here called The Pigeon Plot, where they use a homing pigeon to try and steal Uncle Scrooge's first uh, dime that he ever earned, which they figure they could sell back to him for a big, big chunk of money. Then we get it in alt- another alternate Uncle Scrooge story where this one has to do with him and the him and the tax man and finding ways to swindle the tax man of course and uncle scrooge is just a straight up standard rich asshole (laughs) i'm not a huge fan of him but i enjoy reading more of his stories with the little ducks huey dewey louie and wendy or whatever her name is uh all those different characters helping out Scrooge along his little adventures. I, I enjoy those more than I do. And I get the 
Donald Ducks at the Huey Dewey Louis. That's why I only keep a few and I sell the ones that don't have any interesting storylines in it that catch my attention. And then we have Walt Disney's Uncle Scrooge number 233 from Gladstone Comics also. And in this one, and you also have mail mail talk in, in these books and stuff. Uh, this one has a story where Uncle Scrooge is trying to swindle, swindle Donald Duck and his neighbor out of their land, but they don't want to sell because they have very good-looking garden, gardens growing up from their land, and he swindles them to the point that they destroy quite a few things on their property. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie just happen to find out, and they do some things to turn the, turn the tide around, and you just got to read the story to check it out. And we get another Beagle's boy, Beagle Boys story in here called The Hijacked Heist. And in this one, they are working on a way to hijack this thing where all the police are staying and guarding it, this item. And then they realize, well, hell, if the cops are all guarding that, there's no cops to guard anything else. So they start robbing other places you see what happens along the way. And now we get a Brainy Days story. That's Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck story. Where all of a sudden Donald Duck take, takes one of uh, uh, the inventor duck. What the heck? Uh, it's Gyro. It's a simple name. I just can never think of it. But Gyro has this brain tonic that he throws away, and Donald Duck just happens to take it after he just screwed a bunch of stuff up. And he drinks it, and all of a sudden becomes really smart. And then, of course, Scrooge takes advantage of that, and then tries to profit from stuff like usual with everything. And we find out what it's like to be super smart or be super nice and what it all ends up in the end. And you got to read the story to find out. It's lots of fun. So I was happy with those. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is X-Farce number one by Eclipse Comics. Now this one I thought I talked about already. It's a parody. They like to parody all the the different comic book characters. And in this one, we get... Oh, what's this say? The Pendium. No, that's just talking about a variety of other comics on the inside cover that you can get your hands on. But, yeah, you got Big Eagle, you got... The unlikely X-Farce crew. Uh, all your characters you can think of are pretty much in here, just renamed and teased and parodied. And we even get some Fozzie Bear, Kermit the Frog cross, crossover stuff in this. Uh, some 
mean, there's characters from all kinds of different things, comic book realms. I mean, they just, and comic and cartoon. And we even have King Kong parodied in here. Uh, The one I love the most is Cesspool, Deadpool's little parody. (laughs) He's running around all diapered up and (laughs) just having all kinds of bathroom issues and stuff throughout here. They they like playing with the bathroom parodies, toilet toilet jokes and stuff like that in these. Uh, You get the (laughs) ex-cons, which is a fun group of characters. You get some cable, the cable TV bill is where you can send in letters and you got a bunch of letters. You can read in the back of that. You get some extra advertisements. Uh, this one was done all black and white, but it played out nicely. And it was just fun seeing all the different parodies. I just love how they love how they mess around with all the different characters and pick on them. But yeah, those that was a good stack again. And I'm I've been really happy. So far I think I've pulled about maybe eight comics, eight to ten comics that are gonna go for, go for sale. I'm not even gonna bother talking about uh, a couple of them were Donald Duckish comics that were boring stories that didn't grab me. I uh, can't I think there was a couple like a Ghost Rider that I already had. I have a little stack of about 10 comics that I'm just going to wait until I find the rest of those comics because I think I have a few of them. But I figure what the heck. I'll just wait till I come across those and see. Instead of reading them now and then having a, putting them in my stack and keeping them and then finding a better version of them in my old stacks, I'd just rather go through and see which ones are I have and then keep the better ones. But, but yeah, that was a good comic run. Lots of great comics so far out of these 60 60 comics that I bought for $23. Uh, Other than that, comic-wise, I can't think of anything too exciting offhand. Uh, Yeah. I think we'll leave it at that. And we'll get back to you right after this with some health-related stuff, and I did go to the dentist yesterday, and I got my dentures back in. Uh, got two spots that are real irritable yet. I got to go get some more grind, grinding done, but we are getting there. Uh, yeah. I can't think of any other health stuff that is going on. I had my knee injections on Monday. I get my next ones next Monday, which will be the, fine, the final round. Getting a little better. A couple more pops here and there with them still having all the extra goo in, in between the kneecaps and the bones. And 
those little air bubble pops every now and then i'm guessing is what it is but but yeah we'll be right back after this with some ms health stuff or whatever else that he said to talk about okay let's talk some ms what is ms multiple sclerosis i know we talk about it enough we should know by now but i like to read the reports to see if there's anything new that just happens to be mentioned or pops up multiple sclerosis or ms is a disease of the central nervous system that can cause symptoms throughout our body most experts believe it is an autoimmune condition in which the immune system mistakenly attacks normal tissues in the body in the case of ms the immune system attacks the myelin sheath that normally protects the nerve fibers in the brain spinal cord and optic nerve the underlying nerve fibers can also be damaged or destroyed in this attack as the attack progresses the myelin sheath becomes inflamed and gradually is destroyed leaving areas of patchy scar tissue sclerosis that disrupt the electrical impulses between the brain and other parts of the body the term multiple sclerosis refers to the multiple areas of scar tissue often called lesions that develop along affected affected nerve fibers and that are in and that are visible in mri scans the literal meaning of sclerosis is pathological hardening of tissue the lesions caused by ms and the resulting disruption of nerve nerve impulses throughout the body are what cause most of the symptoms associated with multiple sclerosis i mean that's right there i learned something new that i don't think i knew before that sclerosis is pathological hardening of tissue so that means that that tissue that we're seeing on the imaging it's hardened and i didn't realize that i thought it was just a void area i did not realize it was a hardened tissue area so i don't know how you're going to recover from a hardened tissue i mean people sit there and say that they were going to cure multiple sclerosis we're going to try and do things to get our myelin back and all that stuff if you have scar damaged tissue hardened tissue i don't see how you're going to be able to turn that tissue back to a normal style tissue without going in there and taking it out and replacing it with something but i'm not a doctor so always check with your doctor and physicians your medical staff and get their opinions and suggestions and all that stuff but i just read the stuff and give you my opinion which doesn't mean jack shit Ah, scientists have long described different types of ms the most common being relapse and remitting ms rrms primary progressive ms and secondary progressive ms are the three main ones or even secondary progressive ms that came in later on uh but in recent years there's a growing consensus that 
These are not distinct types of MS, but rather points along a continuum. At some points, inflammation is the predominant characteristic of the disease, while at others, neurodegeneration, in which old injuries to the brain and spinal cord worsen, predominance. Nonetheless, most people with MS are still diagnosed with a particular type of the disease. I started out with a relapsing remitting MS diagnosis, and now I'm in the secondary progressive diagnosis. And the next one will be progressive, primary progressive. But different types that they have are relapsing remitting MS, RRMS. This type of MS is characterized by periods of active inflammation in the central nervous system during which symptoms worsen and new symptoms may develop, alternating with periods when symptoms are less acute. The times when symptoms worsen are known as relapses, flares, or exasperations. As a relapse ends, the severity of symptoms diminishes, but a person can be left with new permanent symptoms also. The quiet periods between relapses are called remissions. Remissions may last for months or years before a relapse occurs. Relapse and remitting MS is the most common type of MS. Estimates, uh, I'm not going to give estimates because that drives me nuts. I was never asked or put in a percentage group, so how can you give percentages of people when you haven't asked and tested everybody. <clears throat> I mean, there's still a lot of people that haven't even been diagnosed about it. So let's just quit giving those numbers out. Just say that this one's the most dominant form and the most diagnosed form or whatever. Then let's look at secondary progressive MS, SPMS, where I'm at. This type of MS is generally considered a second phase of relapsing and remitting MS in which there is symptom progression and increased disability. People with SPMS may continue to have relapses, although they may be less frequent than in relapsing remitting MS. Most people who are diagnosed with RRMS will eventually transition to SPMS but each person's experience with it, whether or not they have relapses, and how much progression or disease worsening occurs will be unique. And then we advance to primary progressive MS, PPMS. In PPMS, there is no initial relapse that signals the beginning of the disease. Instead, MS symptoms gradually appear over time. Those who have PPMS generally do not experience acute exasperations or have distinct remissions, but they may have temporary plateaus during which symptoms lessen somewhat. About, yeah, there they go with the numbers again. We'll stay away from that. Now we got these two, which you don't hear about. Benign MS. A small percentage of people with MS may have a benign form of the disease in which symptoms progress very little or over the course of a person's lifetime. 
after the initial attack. This is something that I express about a lot of people. Such as stars that we look up to that may all of a sudden be diagnosed with this disease because they had a something happen and then they don't have nothing else happen for many, many, many years. And they're like, okay, I cured the disease. <laughs> I hate that. You got to realize it's a snowflake disease. We're all different. You cannot judge yourself along with everybody else. There's some controversy over how or whether to classify people with benign MS since the progress of this of the disease can vary over a person's lifetime according to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Malignant MS, a small number of people with MS have malignant MS, which is marked by the rapid formation of lesions in the brain and spine, causing severe symptoms, disability, and possibly death. I have known a couple people that have dealt with this, and all of a sudden they just got a ton of lesions that pop up on their scan, and it's like, holy shit, and talk about frightening, what the hell happened to cause all that? It's like... Signs and symptoms of... MS. The nerve damage that occurs in multiple sclerosis can lead to a broad range of symptoms, depending on what part of the central nervous system has been attacked. MS can affect numerous areas of the brain as well as the optic nerve, the nerve that transmits signals from the eye to the brain and the spinal cord. It's often said that no two people with MS have exactly the same pattern of symptoms. In addition, an individual's symptoms can change or fluctuate in severity over time, as is snow, such as snowflake disease. That's why we call it that. And it's an invisible one. So you can't see the symptoms, you can feel them, though. And believe me, you feel them. Some common symptoms... Early ones of MS include visual problems, difficulties with balance and walking, numbness and tingling, and heat intolerance, which I get that they can be early signs, but they are not early symptoms. They can happen anytime. I mean, I can be fine with having all my body issues, and then all of a sudden, three years later, then I have some vision problems. It's not like those are going to be key factor, factors to the start. They can happen at any time, in my opinion. Other common symptoms include anxiety, bladder and bowel dysfunction, depression, dizziness, fatigue, muscle spasticity, pain, problems with thinking and memory, cog fog, cognitive issues, sexual dysfunction, sleep problems, vertigo, weaknesses, and Breathing problems, difficulty moving arms, difficulty reading facial expressions, diminished fine motor control in hands. I would say also in other, in your feet and stuff like that. Diminished sense of taste or smell, headache, hearing loss, hypersensitivity to touch, itchy skin or altered sensations, the Hermides sign, MS hug, pseudo bulbar, Bulbar effect, 
seizures, sensitivity to cold, speaking problems, swallowing problems, tremors, trigeminal neuralgia. Uh, go on and on. In many cases, MS symptoms can be treated, sometimes with medication, sometimes with a form of rehabilitation, such as physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, speech therapy, which I can't even say the word speech, 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 or cognitive therapy. Or you can get yourself a podcast like me, and it'll help your cognitive issues and speak issues a lot. Because when I started out, I go back to the early versions to now. There was a big difference. But I still have my days that are really bad. But people with MS who are depressed can often be helped by the same types of antidepressants, psychotherapy, and lifestyle changes that are beneficial for regularly depressed people who don't have MS. Even when treatment can't alleviate an MS symptom entirely, it can often reduce its severity. I disagree with that again. I say the DMTs don't do anything for alleviating the, our issues. If anything, they're made to stay off future exasperations and issues. But if we get any benefit from a little better walking days and a little less pain days and stuff like that. I don't think it's from the medication. I don't believe that. I believe it's just our body, our life. I mean, you can feel different every single day with this damn disease. So I don't know if I agree with that one either. A relapse or flare is a worsening of existing MS symptoms, physical and cognitive, often accompanied by the appearance of new symptoms. Relapses occur because of inflammation of, of previously existing lesions, new areas of inflammation in the central nervous system, or both. Typically, relapses come on over hours or days and class for days or weeks. A true relapse occurs at least 30 days after your most recent relapse and lasts for at least 24 hours. Shorter periods of symptom worsening called pseudo-exasperations can be triggered by heat, stress, and fatigue, among other things. However, once the underlying cause of pseudo-exasperation is reduced or eliminated, the MS symptoms should evade too. Treatment for relapse often includes a short course of high-dose steroids, such as solomedrol, methoprednisolone, delivered intravenously in an outpatient clinic or infusion center, steroid speed recovery, but cannot repair any new damage to the nervous symptom system, I mean, caused by the inflammation. A person may recover fully from a relapse or may have lingering symptoms afterwards. While the use of disease-modifying drugs, DMDs, should reduce the number of relapses an individual has and therefore 
the amount of residual disability. At least one study of more than 1,600 people with MS. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get into that study, but people had different effects. <laughs> uh, see, the cause of MS is un unknown. No one knows what sets off the immune reaction that leads to MS lesions in the first place. But it's thought that some combination of genetic susceptibility and environmental causes is necessary to trigger the disease. Some research suspect the immune attack is triggered by certain kinds of viral infections. Other points to low vitamin D levels as a contributing cause. Cigarette smoking is also known to raise the risk of developing MS. And there's, I still believe stressors in life can set off something that I believe everybody has this damn disease sitting in the background somewhere in their body and it can be set off by a major stressful event or something like that could cause it to get going in my opinion, but. I'm going, I'm doing my own research on that, but most people who are diagnosed with MS have no known risk factors. Approximately, we're getting into numbers again. They do say some other risk factors for MS include being a woman, <laughs> vitamin D deficiency, obesity, having an autoimmune condition, smoking, exposure to the Epstein-Barr virus, which we recently talked about their beliefs in the, con the connection between that and MS, having multiple concussions during adolescence, and living further away from the equator. Now, having the multiple concussions during adolescence is the thing that I'm researching with the brain trauma, head trauma issues, and that's the first I've seen of that written down in any document that I've read before now. So that's interesting. Uh, how it's basically generally diagnosed on the basis of a person's history of symptoms along with a variety of medical tests such as a neurological evaluation of physical movement and coordination, vision, balance, and mental functioning. Blood tests to rule out other conditions. Magnetic resonance imaging MRI scans to detect brain lesions typical of MS and it's usually to get the best results. They'll want you in a closed MRI with the uh, they won't do the open MRI if they need to get good imaging results, and they'll usually use contrast with it. A lumbar puncture, spinal tap, to obtain cerebrospinal fluid, which may contain substances more likely to be found in people with MS. But diagnosing it early is critical so that the treatment can begin early and hopefully stand off relapses and all that. But 
it don't. Our doctors just there's too many doctors out there that don't know enough about anything, and that's why we have a lot of misdiagnosis and late diagnosis because of it. Such as me, I've been searching for over 25 years prior to getting diagnosed, and no one gave me any answers until late in the game. Uh, many people with MS are able to maintain their mobility with the help of assisted devices such as canes or crutches, often supplemental, often supplemented with scooters or motorized wheelchairs for long distances. About a third of the people with MS completely completely lose their ability to walk. People with MS who have the best prognosis are usually those who are female, were younger than 30 when the disease started, have infrequent attacks, have relapse and remitting MS, or have few signs of disease in the diagnostic scans. Uh, researchers found that brain and spinal cord MRIs done soon after clinically isolated syndrome CIS or a single episode of demyelination predicted disease progression 15 years later, CIS sometimes, but not always, develops into MS. Uh, studies that have examined causes of death among people with MS has found pulmonary lung infections to be the primary cause of, cause of excessive death in this population. And one study found that sepsis is a major cause of MS-related deaths. Sepsis is a life-threatening whole-body inflammation that is triggered by a severe infection. It most commonly occurs in people with a weakened immune system. This worries the shit out of me right now because I'm dealing with my new skin doctor. Well, not new skin doctor. I've used them before, but uh, we're trying a new... antibiotic type medication that I'm taking. I'm not seeing no real real definite results from it yet. But I have these internal things like in my lower back and stuff that are obviously some type of infection but they're deep in my skin so you can't see them. Can't really do anything with them. I don't know what they can if they could get a CT scan to give us some results from it but it's just I never thought about sepsis until now so see that's why I read these things and I learned some things that, that can also put scary shit in your head that you might dwell on that you don't have to also but yeah that that bugs me because these when I get these things in deep inside my skin it's like I have no way to treat them other than antibiotics. It's like, but they're obviously not doing nothing so far. And I've been on these things for a couple months. So. Uh, but they're working on different treatments for that. Uh, there's lots of different treatments for MS nowadays. I think we're up to like 20 some DMDs. 
I don't recommend the high dose steroids, but they lots of people like to do them when they have relapses and stuff. But you're gonna be bumming when later in life you find out your kidney or liver's failing and stuff. That's why I take them as limited as possible, uh, using the disease-modifying therapies to prevent le- relapses and disease progression. Treating the symptoms of MS using medication, physical therapy, other types of rehabilitative therapies, a healthy lifestyle, and complementary treatments is a plus. Providing counseling and support for depression, anxiety, and other mood disorders. Keep track of everything. Just write everything down and keep track of it. See where your disease progresses and where things happen more often. Uh... For RRMS, there's a handful of disease-modifying drugs that hopefully can slow the progression of multiple sclerosis and lower the frequency and severity of acute attacks. For people with primary progressive MS, the only medication they have right now, I think there's a second one, but Ocrevus, Ocrelizumab, which I was on prior to my Mavenclad, which I'm in now, uh has been shown to reduce the likelihood of disability progression for people with PPMS. And for people with active secondary progressive MS like myself, meaning they still experience relapses and new lesions continue to be seen on our MRIs. We have two drugs to choose from, Mazent, which is Saponamod, and Mavenclad, which is Cladribine. They were approved in spring of 2019. I wanted to get on Mavenclad back in 2014, 15, right after my diagnosis, after I researched a bunch on it. But it was still over in Europe and not brought to the U.S. yet, so I had to wait till recently to get on it. Uh, they also... Doctors can also prescribe a wide variety of drugs to relieve other symptoms related to MS, including analgesics analgesics for pain, antispasmodics such as baclofen, and muscle relaxants such as Xanaflex, Tizanidine to ease muscle spasticity, and Ampira, Delfampridine, to improve walking ability, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech and language therapy, and there's so many different types of therapy that we can get into and definitely take your vitamin D and don't smoke if you are still smoking. Keep an eye on your weight and do some things to Keep yourself as healthy as possible with the disease. Uh, With your incontinence issues and stuff, watch out for urinary tract infections, UTIs. I get them. Well, thankfully, I haven't for a while, but I used to get them regularly. Watch with our aspiration, pneumonia, shortness of breath, breathing issues and stuff with the whole COVID thing because we can take a harder hit than normal people because of those issues. Uh, 
many MS symptoms, including balance problems, muscle weakness, fatigue, dizziness, blurred vision, and numbness. Raise the risk of falling, so be careful with that. Make sure you don't have stuff in your way in your environment, and you got places and things you can hold on to, and use your assisted devices. Don't be afraid of the way you look or anything like that. It's just make the lifestyle change. You can modify, you can prettify up stuff, make it look fancy or whatever, or you can joke around with it. Pressure sores and ulcers, you got to watch out for. They're, they can become severe. Uh, depression, you got to watch, keep an eye on. Uh, stress, anxiety, all those different things, but... But yeah, there's some good information about that. Uh, a company I like, New Zealand Herbals. Uh, you can N-Z-H-E-R-B-A-L.co.nz. He has MS and he's a naturalist doctor and a regular doctor. And you can get products from them uh, from New Zealand. And they have a online health test you can take, and they he can guesstimate on what products would be best for you to try out. So I love the guy. He's got his own podcast, the Medicine Man podcast. I, he hasn't put an episode out in a long time, but so hopefully nothing happened with him. But yeah. I'm running out of time, so be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. Put the monster in a box. Check out the Crimson Cult Comic Club. Check out Under the Cowl. Keep rate review. Tell a friend, and we'll get back to you sometime soon.